back to Range Anxiety. It's that time again. And uh, that was the theme from Rocky. Rocky 2 even. And uh, that's because right now in South Australia, we're in Locky 2, 2.0, our second lockdown due to the COVID pandemic. And yeah, it's not looking good out there, you know. The old Delta strain's got hold of us. But, you know, uh, we're still working. Um, we're allowed to as an essential industry or service. And, yeah, I'm driving along enjoying the roads, as you know I do, during lockdown. I'm in the Model 3 Performance today, and it's got the low-profile 20s on it. So it's going to be noisy as hell. But, hey, if you've got nothing better to do during your lockdown, then catch up on your range anxiety. I mean, it's a good listen, right? Okay. And, uh, yeah, going to fly now is the name of the track, uh, performed by the one and only Bill Conti. We'll see if I can't get pulled over on the way home uh, so they can see what I've been doing and where uh, I've been. But, yeah, only at work, only answering the phone, only completing a booking booked in previous work. So what are we going to talk about today? Um, I'm going to get on to something a little bit different today, and that is 4x4s. You know, Aussies love, for my American listeners, Aussies love their 4x4s. And, and why not? We're in a huge country and uh, there's 4x4 tracks everywhere and plenty of places off the beaten track. We'll go on autopilot actually so I can concentrate. There you go. Plenty of places off the beaten track where you can take your 4x4 and, uh, you know, bury it in mud. But it's kind of really an interesting conundrum. That's a funny word, isn't it? That four by four owners find themselves in because the majority of them aren't too bad they're not too inefficient you know they seem to work all right uh, and you know the big girls like the cruisers and and prados and patrols and whatnot but what happens is that you know they get borderline economy at the best of times these things because you know they are so big and they're pushing a massive brick through the air you know with the aerodynamics of a brick and, you know, so they tend to drag a bit in terms of economy, which is fine. You know, big, big car. Um, but then what happens is that people buy these things, and they're, they're pretty cool, and they, they'll go, you know, like a standard Land Cruiser or, or Patrol will pretty much go anywhere you can point it. Um, but what they do is that they then weigh the things down and accessorise the living hell out of them with shit they'll basically never use. Yeah, that's right. I mean, take, for example... This isn't the worst mod of all because, you know, I can see there's a bit of merit in it. But take, for example, uh, snorkels. Now, big cut a big hole in your guard, right? Huge hole, cut it in your guard. Um, run this big plastic thing up the side of the car and point it towards the airstream or in some cases, if you're a serious off-roader, it's a big pipe and you point it away from the direction of air. Um, and I can see some merit in it. I mean, most people put a snorkel on their 4x4 because they want to increase the weighting depth. They want to bury the thing in water. You know, I can think of nothing better to do with a new 100 grand plus cruiser than, you know, weight it through water as, as up to your neck. It's a pretty stupid idea, right? <laughs> Take it from me. Cars don't like water at all. No, strange, Jack. If it gets in the motor, the things explode. If it gets in your gearbox and diffs through the breathers, the things destroy themselves. So maybe, you know, rather than put a snorkel on so you can go through water, uh, how about do something, you know, a little bit more intelligent and if you're gonna cross a river, use a bloody boat. 
Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? You heard it here first on Range Anxiety. Probably where snorkels aren't a bad idea, though, and where they're one of my favourite um, mods to a big 4x4 is because you can relieve some airbox pressure that way with a nice big opening. It's similar to the old two-hole mods that we used to do on, on various different, you know, uh, Commodores and the like. So, you know, you open up, relieve some of the inlet restriction to the car, and, you know, when you're belting down the road, you can make a little bit more power. You know, and you see that sometimes on the dyno that a properly set up snorkel will make a handful of kilowatts. That's cool. Um, probably not a bad idea for that, you know, like a stealth CAI. Uh, the, the problem with them is, is that because they're all hanging out in the breeze, they absolutely destroy the car's aerodynamics. Yep. So you'll normally get worse economy with one of those things. You know, it's like running roof racks. I mean, who wants to put a roof racks on a car? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, another mod that I see as being fairly pointless, and this will raise, you know, a, a lot of ire amongst the listeners, bad luck, is bull bars, uh, rhubars, whatever you want to call them. In Australia, we have this fixation with running into kangaroos, although it happens rarely. People will hang an extra... 150 kilograms off the front of their car to the point where in some cases these bull bars are big enough to sag the front springs you know and lower the car effectively which upsets you know its entire balance they'll put one of these things on the front of a car and to, to bounce wildlife off and then wonder why stuff like radar cruise has problems um, the handling of the vehicle changes the economy gets worse all for that once every five years or once a year where they may take the vehicle out bush where there is a chance it can run into you know a kangaroo or a bull maybe a better idea here's a thought right maybe a better idea is to just keep the car insured and uh you know if you do happen to hit some wildlife get it fixed and get a new front end in the process I mean, having a bull bar doesn't mean your car isn't going to get damaged in a collision. They normally do sustain, you know, significant damage even with a, a bull bar on board. It's probably if you live out in the outback or the country. Don't you like the way we call it the outback in Australia to my American listeners? You know, if you do live out there and, and you are traversing these roads, dangerous roads, listen to that big diesel and there's another one alongside us now. If you do traverse these roads, and you know, daily basis, probably not a bad idea. But just remember, it's going to destroy the hell out of your economy because the thing just, the vehicle just won't cut the air properly anymore. It's an ugly thing to do, like this ugly truck that's alongside me now. Diesel belching rubbish. Um, right, that's fine. What about big wheels? Everyone loves putting big wheels on their car, on their 4x4. You know, it looks tough rarely do they ever get used there's not too many places you won't go on the standard wheels and tires right you know some people like to look different and they love to put big knobblies on them so you know you couldn't even record an epicast of range anxiety in most big wheeled and tired four by fours because they're so darned noisy you know you think this tesla's noisy wow driving down the road the big, big muddies, mud tyres on 35, 33 to 35 inches. And, you know, the car doesn't turn in anymore. It doesn't brake properly anymore. And it absolutely destroys the power of the thing. That's right. 
the bigger your wheels, the less power and torque you're gonna make. Well, not so much power, but mainly torque. How does that work? Well, it's like being in a taller gear everywhere, isn't it? So, all of a sudden, the car's gotta do much more effort to generate the same torque that it would have just driving along normally before on the standard wheels and tires. And with that torque reduction and the greater demand from the driver comes massive, massive fuel economy hits. Yeah, so I remember doing a little test myself and I only put some all-terrains on the standard wheels of a D23 NP300 Nissan Navara I had and it ruined the economy by about four mile per gallon, you know, about two litres per hundred or something, you know, three litres per hundred. It was, it was nasty. You know, it was not good. And I used uh, the vehicle off-road, I reckon, in the four years I owned it, probably twice. Now, there are people that do go off-road and they do need these tyres and wheels so they don't get buried. Um, yeah, okay, well, the solution is have two sets of wheels and tyres. You're going on a mud holiday, put your mud tyres on. You're driving around the road, driving to work, put your road tyres on. It'll save you in the long run. So, you know, if you do reasonable mileage, the amount of extra fuel the thing's gonna cost you, and the amount of extra strain you're putting on everything is well offset. So there, look, there's a good thought for you. Only use what you need to use when you need to use it. So what else is a pretty stupid mod, in my opinion? I think lift kits. Never really been a fan. People put like a four inch lift on things and they jack the vehicle up. And again, it doesn't cut the air properly anymore because, well, if the aerodynamics are altered, never for the better by putting the thing up further in the breeze. Um, and with that comes a fuel economy hit. But most importantly is you've changed the center of gravity of the vehicle pretty immensely and the things become death traps. This is why your uh, local police force, particularly in Australia, do not like uh, non-engineered lift kits because, you know, or big lifts because they make the cars simply dangerous. If you're gonna, you know, it, it's much more susceptible to inverting and flipping on its lid. So yeah, they're a pretty stupid idea, lift kits. And again, you'll probably rarely ever use them. There is, there are very, as I say, this a Toyota Hilux just drives past me in the opposite direction during lockdown with a lift kit on. Luckily, he's going the other way or he could roll and fall on us. So yeah, lift kits are, are quite dumb. Uh, and you know, unless you have to have one and you're out in the bush, the majority of people will never use their lift kit and they do it because it looks tough stupid to me right up there with that level of stupidity uh, people that um, put shovels mount shovels to the roof of their car now I've never understood do you mount a shovel on the roof of your car um, to dig it out if it gets bogged or do you mount a shovel on the roof of your car in case you need to pull over the side of the road and visit nature Luckily, we live in a, a country that's fairly civilised and there are things called toilets that you can use. So you don't need to carve, uh, carry around a shovel on the roof of your car. It really is quite a stupid idea. And again, if you are going out bush and you're gonna carry a shovel on the roof in case nature calls or you get bogged, take it off when you're driving around the city. It doesn't look tough, it looks stupid. 
then again, that's up there with the big roof racks that the shovel is normally mounted to. Once more, you're punching a much bigger hole through the air and you're gonna pay a lot more at the pump for the privilege of carrying around the roof racks and the shovel. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Take them off when you're not using them. They're designed to come on and off pretty easily. But, you know, people will think you are just actually a giant clusterfuck if you drive around like that. Or they might think that you're cool. I don't find it cool at all. Um, all right, so the culmination of this is when someone brings you such a modified four-wheel drive with all of this shit on it. So it's got the big wheels, the roof rack, the lift kit, shit hanging off it everywhere, snorkels, uh, it drives like a pile of rubbish and goes about half as fast as it did when it was standard. And they come to you and they go, I need more power out of my, you know, X, Y, Z. And so, great, you get it on the dyno and tune it and make more power. And all they do is whinge about the economy. Ever since I did all these mods, because they normally do it all at the same time, they'll come back to you and say, uh, my economy's shit, you know, since you've tuned it. And it'll be like, well, yeah, um, was your economy shit before we tuned it? No, oh, yeah, the economy's dreadful. It was dreadful. Well, why? I said, well, because you've ruined it. You've done all this stuff to it that have set it backwards. It's no, it's no big bloody secret. It's basic physics that you've ruined the car. And you're not going to get this economy back. You see, the reason some people can get confused about this is because there's a ton of honey dickers out there from the candy shop and the candy man can that tell people you tune your 4x4 you're going to get 25% better or 20% better fuel economy that is the biggest load of shit that has ever been sprouted but people still lap it up right so they think I'll do all these mods I'll ruin the car I'll make it crap and then with the tune I'm going to get all my fuel economy back well it doesn't work like that kids Boys and girls, you're never going to get great improvements in economy when you tune your car. You'll get some, possibly, at some times, okay? Um, diesels, in particular, you can add fuel to them to make more power, and you can add boost to them to absorb some of that fuel, so you make the thing more efficient overall, and you can save a little bit of fuel, right, under some conditions. You know, maybe around the one litre per hundred mark if you drive sensibly. But if you get out there and enjoy all of this extra power and torque and drive like a lead foot, you're going to use more fuel. This is not rocket science. I'm not going to get um, headhunted by SpaceX for telling you all that this is the case. Um, and to make matters even worse, once these things have all been uh, tricked up, and I'm doing the Dr. Evil fingers here, tricked up, no, not tricked up, dumbed up, um, they then proceed to tow a three-ton van with them and come back to you and say, why am I getting 25 litres per hundred? Well, uh, you're dragging two massive bricks through the air on a car that's been, a vehicle that's been modified to be a ton less efficient than it was when it left the factory. And it's not rocket science. You're going to use a ton of fuel. Like I see people using 25 to 30 litres per hundred Ks in, in four-cylinder, four-cylinder, small capacity, you know, under three-litre 
diesels towing some overweight, poorly engineered setup down the road. Yeah, you just spend that money. You spend that money because that's where you're caught. Thankfully, the diesel is dying. Thankfully, because they're nothing but a pain in the ass when they get some Ks on them because they're so unreliable due to, you know, uh, emission controls. I mean, we've covered this before, so I don't need to cover it again. Um, which really leaves a good, solid opening for a petrol 4x4 in the bigger class. And we have that. It's called the Y62 Nissan Patrol with the big V8 in it. Big tunable V8. Solid bloody thing too. Well-engineered car, that from Nissan. It was just originally, the early versions, all were pretty ugly looking things. But they have uh, seen to that and I reckon the current gens or the last couple of generations of the Patrol are a really good looking car. They've got everything in them, including a CD player, which I've got no idea why people, are, you know, manufacturers have put a CD player in a car still. Maybe that's because when, you know, when you can't get internet through reception out in the sticks, you can play those old service station, gas station, slim dusty CDs and, you know, really uh, enter the land of the living dead. Isn't that interesting in lockdown? Everyone wants to go 10 kilometres under the speed limit. Not that there's many people on the road, which is great, which is why I've still got a, a little bit of sanity. With the old Y62, once you tune them and you get the fueling correct and you put an exhaust set of headers on them so that they breathe, you tune them, you, you don't do all the dumb mods to them, keep them on the standard wheels and tyres. They make some pretty significant grunt. And more to the point, don't get significantly worse fuel economy than the big V8 turbo diesels. That's right, particularly if they've been poorly modified. So petrol is becoming a real option and if you're going to keep the car for any period of time, I would suggest uh, that the Nissan V8 is going to be more reliable than the Toyota V8. There you go, I said it. Wow, I'm going to be in strife now. I'm going to get some hate mail over that, aren't I just? By the way, Autopilot is doing a wonderful job in these light traffic conditions. It's getting me across all of the intersections. It's steering me nicely between the lanes. It's navigating me around a corner now. It's doing bloody, bloody well. Um, so yeah, that's my pick of all of the current gen stuff. There you go, Y62 Patrol. We kind of specialize in tuning them a bit too, where no one else seems to be able to get their head around the relationship between cam timing, ignition timing, and fuel setting. Oh, we're out of Autopilot. That was my manual doing. So yeah, you go, there's my hot tip if you want to buy a big 4x4, and they're great value too, I think. Have a look at that lineup. We got about 350 cars lined up now for people to go and get their COVID test. Absolutely amazing stuff, absolutely. But I suppose we got to do it, don't we? So on to other news. Um, I'm driving around the Model 3 Performance at the moment, as you can hear, that's what that horrible uh, whirring noise is. It's not your um, wheel bearings packing up or your tyres delaminating, it's mine. And, you know, I'm waiting patiently for my plaid, uh, which I'm going to have to wait a lot, lot longer for, I think. You know, we're talking probably, they're saying late 2022, but I'm tipping it will be 2023. Hopefully there's a few upgrades that we get thrown in uh, before then, I'm sure that the plaid will even by that time will receive some sort of refresh. But they've been doing some pretty incredible things in the States. Um, first one is that Brooks from Drag Times managed to do uh, break that 
two-second barrier with rollout, with rollout. Everyone uses rollout. I've covered rollout before. He managed to go into the 1.99s on the street. No VHT required on normal street tyres, set at normal street pressures, I believe, from someone uh, that I was talking to that kind of might have been around uh, when that test was performed. He did a 1.99 on the street and a 9.2 second pass, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Gas is dead when it comes to pure performance cars. If this isn't, you know, rubbing your nose in it, then nothing is. People might not like the look, they might not like the sound or lack of, and they might not like this, and they might not like that, but you're just not going to beat it with anything. It doesn't matter how much you spend, suck it up. Someone has gone a little bit further and decided to rip the passenger seat and rear seats out of his plaid and took it to the drag strip and did a 9.1 at 154. That is seriously honking. So we know we cannot. I don't know how much charge he had in the battery. Hopefully it was full charge because I think that's all we're going to need to do to uh, break an eight in one of these cars. And I look forward to Brooks doing it pretty soon. Here's what I reckon he's going to do. He's going to charge the thing up to 100% again. He's going to pick the right weather conditions. Not that the Plaid's particularly sensitive. It likes hot weather, actually. All battery cars do more than they like cold weather. But he'll pick a nice mild day so that the track isn't super off and it will probably go to a no prep meet right because the last thing as it works out the last thing we need is to be sticking the car to the track because it slows it down yeah that's right that's why the car's so fast on the street so we'll go to a no prep meet but to get that initial traction oh yeah he ripped the interior out of it why not we know there's a tent there rip the interior out and throw it not throw it in a bin just put it in the garage for when you come home and he'll put some lightweight wheels and tyres on it. People are suggesting already that with the 19s, the poor man's wheel and tyre combo, which Tesla haven't released yet, you've got to get 21s if you're buying one at the moment. People are suggesting that they're gonna go faster on the 19s than they are on the 21s. Interesting. So I reckon Brooks will fit a set of 18s with some drag radials, no interior, Full state of charge, and I'm telling you right now, there will be an 8.9 in that par. Take it from me, no mucking around, but there will be an 8.9, and I really can't wait to see that, because who doesn't want an eight-second capable streetcar with warranty? I just think that's absolutely nuts when you look at the effort we used to have to go to back in the day with GDRs and all sorts of other, you know, piston-powered rubbish to get those sorts of times, and you, and you basically had to be driving a hand grenade, you know, 10 passes out of an engine, throw it in a bin, spend another 50 grand. So there you go. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing it. And I'd like to, I'd like to, in the interim, see if I can get a low 11 second quarter out of this, uh, Model 3 performance, I've got a few ideas and a few tricks that might help us out. I've seen Brooks, I think, has done an 11.3 or 4. I'd like to see if I can beat him and go an 11.2. And so when lockdown ends, we're going to get our little butts over to Heathcote Park. Uh, my good friend Lance Warren's new drag strip, and we're going to have a shot at running a low 11 or possibly a high 10 in a Model 3 performance. It's going to take a little bit of trickery and a little bit of thinking and a little bit of drag racing smarts to do 
But I, and again, a non-prepped track. I'm sure Lance would be happy to let me run on a non-prepped track because it saves him some money setting it up. And we're going to go and have some fun. So that's it for your first, but not your last, lockdown range anxiety. I hope you enjoyed it. This is going to be plenty more the longer this pandemic goes on.